This is Decision 2023, a series of debates for Sullivan County Legislature coming to you from the Black Library in Monticello. I'm Mike Sakel, News Director for Catskills News. We'd like to thank our news partner, Mitt Hudson News. This is an opportunity to hear from candidates in the seven contested races for legislature on a number of platforms, including here at Catskills News Talk, 92.5 and 94.9 and 1240 AM, plus Mitt Hudson News YouTube channel and the Catskills News Podcast. Laborers Local 17 is a proud sponsor of Decision 2023. Feel the strength of thousands of diverse tradespeople working with contractors to recruit and train highly skilled, safe, and productive laborers constructing Sullivan County's water, sewer, roadways, and energy infrastructure. Earning great wages, health care, and a pension. Feel the power of a career with Laborers Local 17. Visit liuna17.com to start on your career path today. Both candidates have been provided with a format for our Decision 2023 debate, and we're ready to begin what I hope will be a spirited, informative, and civil debate on some of the issues facing local voters. The format consists of four segments and four questions each. Uh, Candidates will have up to two minutes to respond, followed by a minute of rebuttal from the opposing candidates. There are opening and closing statements with each candidate allotted up to two minutes for each. Let's begin with those opening statements and by coin toss, our first candidate in this decision 2023 debate for Legislative District 2 is Nadia Reich. Before we begin, a brief introduction. Nadia Reich is running on the Democratic and Sullivan United lines. Nadia Reich has been in public service for 22 years as supervisor in the town of Lumberland and as a county legislator. She currently sits on the Public Safety and Law Enforcement Government Services Planning, Real Property and Economic Development Committees and the Veterans Committee. She is a member of the Intergovernmental Affairs and Labor Relations Committee of NISAC, the New York State Association of Counties. Nadia Reich, your opening statement for two minutes. Thank you. I was also a councilwoman, by the way, for eight years in Lumberland. Eight years in Lumberland. Yes. Uh, My name is Nadia Reich, and I am currently the legislator of District 2, which includes the towns of Lumberland, Forestburg, Barryville, um, which is part of Highland, and the village of Ortsboro, Westbrookville, and other parts of Mamacating. I am also a healthcare professional and educator, a member of the teachers' union, NYSIT. The new district starting in January will include Monticello as well as Lumberland and Forsberg. I have been a legislator for two terms and I'm seeking another term to continue to represent and work for all the people of Sullivan County. There's so much more to do in combating the opioid crisis, housing crisis, homelessness, our health ranking status, care of our seniors and veterans, and our most vulnerable population. These issues and more are being addressed, but they need the continued support of people who have been behind these changes to get them done. Bringing on new legislators with no experience will hamper the progress being made. There's no time for a learning curve. We as legislators need to focus on finding solutions to affordable housing for our residents, especially our young people, to keep our talent in this county. Provide housing opportunities for our seniors, provide safe environments in our communities, invest in our law enforcement, Increase our treatment centers for drug and alcohol addiction. Sullivan County has the highest per capita rate of overdoses in New York State. We must once and for all bring in a detox center to Sullivan County. Improve our health care facilities for our residents. Sullivan County health care has taken a turn for the worse. 
Uh, residents should not have to go to other areas of Hudson Valley to receive proper medical care. I have been advocating for this with our health care providers. We must invest in our youth by providing more job opportunities and ensure that they complete their high school diploma. Our community college, SUNY Sullivan, recently approved a program where Sullivan County High School graduates can get a college degree for free as long as they maintain a certain GPA. I supported this initiative. I supported BOCES in their trade programs to teach our students much needed skills. Sullivan County needs skilled workforce. Thank you, Nadia. Our uh, opposing candidate here is Joanne Jasper. She's running on the Republican line. She is a Sullivan County native, born in Monticello, growing up in Rock Hill. Her family roots in Sullivan County go back four and five generations with her father owning a small business in Monticello in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Jasper has spent 20 years working in the Monticello School District, 10 years working for Sullivan County. She is a Teamster and Chief Shop Steward for the Government Center and has been endorsed by the Sullivan County Sheriff's PBA. Joanne Jasper, two minutes for your opening statement. Hello, my name is Joanne Jasper and I'm running for District 2 Legislator representing Forestburg, Lumberland and a portion of Thompson, the village of Monticello. I was born and raised here in Sullivan County and have lived here most of my life. I have seen this amazing county face decline after the tourism industry faded and the vibrant economy faded with it. I have seen many attempts to bring back our economy and I believe we're finally on the right track. There's still so much that has to be done and as someone who has worked in our schools and work in the government, I will bring my unique, a unique perspective to the legislator. I know how to mold consensus and how to develop solutions through collaboration. If elected, I promise to be involved not just on the days of county meetings, but on every day. I will be one of us for all of us. Thank you for hosting, and I would appreciate the consideration of the voters uh, for voting for me for District 2. Thank you, and uh, we begin the first question with uh, Joanne Jasper. And since you both mentioned it, I wanted to bring up the new legislative districts because the new legislative maps are, in fact, going to become official after this election cycle. So if you went in November, thinking about your district, what are the top three priorities? Okay, well, it'll be, it's Forestburg, Lumberland, and the village of Monticello. So um, I think one of the main things with Forestburg and Lumberland is a little bit different than the village. The problems facing them. I would love to preserve the beauty, the natural beauty of Forestburg and Lumberland areas. And our village needs to maintain our youth, have programs for our youth going forward, something to retain um, them into, or in our communities. Many of them leave after either they finish high school, college, or whatever, they don't stay. And I think it's important to uh, retain that and to help build up some businesses growing up here. Main uh, Broadway was one business right after the other, and I think that we need to really focus on trying to get that uh, built back up. I understand that's a village issue, but as a county legislator, I think we can put some input into that as well. Very good. Nadia Reich, you have a one-minute rebuttal. Same question. Uh, I am very proud to be representing Monticello when elected in uh, November. Um, it's a whole new territory for me. Lumberland and Forestburg are familiar. I'm very familiar with those two towns. They are little quaint towns, not much business, um, mostly residential. However, my efforts will be into raising up the status of Monticello. This is the county seat. There are many things that we need to be addressing, the housing issues, 
we did do the, um, the a new road in Monticello, but failed to bring in crosswalks and sidewalks. So it becomes a hazard for anybody that's trying to cross Broadway down further. Right? There's no crosswalks. So we have to invest our time and efforts into Monticello. It is the seat of the county. Um, but that will be my priority. Lumberland and Forestburg will not be um, forgotten. I've invested a lot of my time there, but it will be Monticello. Well, and the next question, which does go to you, uh, Nadia, mm -hmm. concerning uh, tourism and economy, you know, that that is a particular focus in, mm -hmm. in your legislative district as well. Uh, there have been two high-profile projects that are uh, being pushed by the, the current legislature, and that's the Route 97 corridor, mm -hmm. of course, and uh, also the county rail trail network. So mm -hmm. the question is, do, do you consider these tourism magnets, and what would you like to see both short-term and long-term in making making these things or expanding these things as they Well, currently happen. we have uh, the byway that runs along 97. I used to be a member and the prior chair of the Upper Delaware Scenic Byway. I am currently uh, a member of the UDC. Uh, 97 is tremendously vital, an economic driver to the West. Uh, during COVID times that you can drive down 97, there were so many people coming up here from the city. Uh, we need to invest more opportunities for um, hotels, uh, short-term rentals, uh, uh, camping, where people can come up and recreate. That is, has been our goal. Uh, Rails to Trails is typically on the eastern side. Um, coming over to Calicoon, they're just as important, and we need to invest our time and money in them as well. So anything that can increase our economy by bringing people here to recreate is something we should look at. The Chamber, the Visitors Association, they've all done a dynamite job. The legislature, the planning um, committee uh, at the county has also invested their time into finding grants and ways to enhance these trails and marketing them. So this is something that is important and will continue to be important in the county. And Joanne, uh, minute rebuttal? Okay, I totally agree with, with Nadia on those issues. I think that not being a sitting legislator, so obviously I'm not involved in that process, of, but I think we need to do more. Okay, I mean, it's, we talk and talk about doing these things. I lived in the town of Highland for 23 years. I understand how important 97 is, and uh, maintaining that and keeping it up as a main route for travel is super important. If we want to bring in more uh, businesses, more B&Bs, or uh, hotel, whatever we want to bring to attract the visitors, we have to make sure everything is maintained properly. The Rails to Trails is an awesome investment, and I think that that also has to be uh, had we have to focus on that a little bit more and put a little bit more effort and money into that as well because not only do visitors use that but full-time residents use that as well and that's a very important part of our economy here in the county. Well and Joanne you get the next question so I'll uh, sort of expand on that. Local representatives have called for an increase in uh, state funding for road and uh, and bridge projects. So are you concerned about the current state of roads and bridges that Sullivan County is responsible for? I am, uh, I am concerned as obviously I live here and I travel on them. I think that we're on the right track as far as um, maintaining them and, and like they're putting in the two new traffic circles and I'm on board with all that, but I think that it's very important also that we have to keep into mind the cost to the taxpayers and not bond it all out 
and I think this the current legislators trying their best to keep the cost down but yet get our roads maintained as well as power to keep the project moving without it being too much of a burden on the taxpayers and I think that's important as important as they are we also have to keep uh, mindful of the spending and Nadia you have a minute rebuttal um, I, I, I anything we can do to enhance the conditions of a road is definitely necessary the state has money the state needs to invest in us as well we are one of their counties as everybody else is the only thing I have to uh, critique is that both projects on Broadway and on 42 were happening at the same time and this summer it became very chaotic um, with the traffic uh, again we have to invest in our roads but we need to sort of coordinate it where our summer residents and the construction is not all happening at one time and those circles are still not completed so if it's the state doing it please come on down and hurry it up that's all I have to say hurry it up all right we'll move on to the next question yes, go ahead. It, is, it is your question yeah. uh, Nadia and continuing on the topic of uh, the economy yeah. uh, and and of course tourism as well yeah. uh, the bed tax funds were removed from the SCVA contract and have been sitting in a bank account with no current plan to spend the money so how would you address those funds? How do you address this issue? Well, we have been bringing it up, um, the four legislators, myself, Ira, Joe, and Louie have been bringing it up that there needs to be a mechanism to either give that money to the SCVA and have them disperse it to the um, agencies through an RFP or some kind of contract to see where that money can go for economic uh, betterment of the county and not to just sit in a vault somewhere but there's been constant bickering back and forth because of the control factor um, the current chair likes to control things and do things um, his particular way not that I want to point fingers but this is money that was raised by the Sullivan County Visitors Association they have a job to do I value everything that they have to do and we are not the experts in their field we need to leave this to them to manage the money as they see fit. Jan Jasper, your rebuttal? Okay, so um, once again, I think that the bed tax, we, there's so much that can be done with it and there's so much talk about what can be done with it, but where's the action? What are we gonna do to benefit, once again, our constituents and our taxpayers? Like, we can't just let it sit there, we can't, I will work together as a legislator with all of them all of my colleagues to try to move forward to use this in the appropriate manner, whatever is fair and equitable for the taxpayers. But I do not want to let it just sit there. We have to move. If we have the money, let's utilize it in an appropriate manner. And we'll move on to our next segment, beginning again with, with Nadia. Mm -hmm. um, are you satisfied with the work of the Sullivan County Industrial Development Agency, the, the work the agency performs for the if not what specifically do you propose to do about it what would you like to see I would like to see that they do come to our meetings they do let us know what's going on they give us written reports um, they try to do what they can to give tax breaks to individuals that are coming here for economic development um, but we're still in my mind not expanding as a county we're not where we're supposed to be in comparison to Ulster and Orange County. And we're not that far from them. They border our county. So what the hiccup is, 
not sure, but we really need to have more communication with them and have them understand that we need more economic growth. On that, I'm going to end. I'm not going to critique Good. them too well, much. Joanne Jasper, your okay. Um, okay, so I work in a in a department where I handle the IDA deeds, mortgages, etc. So I know what they're trying to do, and um, I think it's a good program. I think that it has to be focused more on being responsible to the taxpayers of this county. There's a lot of mixed feelings about it, of how the money is being spent, or who's getting it, or or how that's being. Um, how that's playing out, and I think that that we have to be cognizant of what's going on with that, and be more involved with how that is utilized. And staying on the topic of the economy, Joanne Jasper, I'll, yes. I'll ask you. Of course, uh, you're familiar with the fact Sullivan County we went through the COVID pandemic. Of course, <laughs> we uh, were able to survive through several funds federal funding, state funding that came our way. Uh, now New York State's begun reassessing how certain payments are made. In particular, I'm thinking about Medicaid, which is a big portion of our, our budget. And uh, what do you think that we should do to keep our county in affordable and tax increases at a minimum? I think that we have to uh, watch where the spending goes. We have to allocate it in the proper manner. Uh, our health rankings are so poor. We have to channel some money, more money, into um, our public health system. Okay, we have to keep our, our taxpayers safe. We have to whatever our uh, law enforcement needs to keep that going. I mean, if they need more money, we have to retain our youth here. Okay, I don't. I'm not on the legislature now. I don't know how the funds are going to be dispersed or how much we're going to get. I mean, I don't know how that's going to work out, but. Um, I will do my best to make sure that I am accountable to my taxpayers and do the best I can to put that money to the best use. And Nadia, your uh, rebuttal? Well, we, we did get quite a bit of ARPA money, state money, um, in terms to help us. Uh, revenue that uh, uh, provided government services up to the amount that we were supposedly lost during the pandemic. Um, we did put it to some use, uh, to the college, to the roads. Uh, so that we didn't have to bond. Uh, Medicaid is um, an animal unto itself. I have been uh, working with um, our elected state officials in um, the reimbursement rates for our bed, our beds, especially for rehab, um, adult care center. Our reimbursement rates are nowhere near what anywhere anybody else is in the state. New York City, Westchester, Ulster, Orange get a very high reimbursement rate. We are down in the, in the dumpster when it comes to reimbursement rate. We need to solicit and lobby the state officials to have us get that money. All right, and Nadia, I'll, I'll move on yeah. uh, to another topic, but of course all related to the, the economy as well. But in particular, the care center at Sunset Lake. Oh. Thank you. There's a lot to unpack there, I know. Um, and there's continued public outcry during many of the meetings, as you are well aware. Uh, is it time to dispose of the infinite care contract? Is a simple question. I'm glad you bring that up because that was one of my uh, asks for the Thursday meeting. If anybody is listening, or will be listening. Um, I believe it is time for us to take back the uh, adult care center, uh, dispense with the uh, LDC so that we don't have to pay the taxes. On, on this building and uh, provide care to our residents that cannot care for themselves. 
These people have lived in Sullivan County for a very long time. We need to invest ourselves into providing care for them and not have an entity come here, mismanage, misappropriate, not give us financials that we've been asking for. Um, and these people are asking for help. We have to advocate for them. The adult care center and the residents there need our help. So I will be asking um, a month before elections that we take back the adult care center and find a management team that can provide the care and services that these residents need. And Joanne, a uh, minute, up to a minute rebuttal. The adult care center? Okay. On the adult care center. Okay, yes. so I wasn't Same. there. I did not vote to lease it lease the adult care center, but I know that my, my opponent did. And I understand that we have a, uh, a obligation to take care of our elderly and the residents of the adult care center, but it was mismanaged under the county. It was losing approximately a million dollars a month. That's not fiscally responsible to all of our taxpayers and our constituents. And I will keep in mind that we have to take care of all the people and the employees of the adult care center, but we have to do it in a way that is beneficial to everyone in the county, including those that are residing there now. Well, Joanne Jasper, since you have the, the next question, I'll stay on the topic. Would you consider another search to find a different contractor to manage a care center at Sunset Lake? Um, I, I probably would because I, when you look at the ratings, I believe now that the, it was like a two star and then it was a three star. I mean, whatever those stars mean, Ultimately, how are the residents being cared for? That's what really matters. I mean, I don't know if stars are really that important when it comes to ratings, because I don't know who's actually doing the ratings. Once again, I'm not part of the legislator, but if it is beneficial to the residents, it will help the, uh, the economy, the county, the taxpayers. And it, as long as nothing is compromised as far as the residents or any going forward, any future residents, and we also have to take care of the employees that have been there for many, many years. So I probably would look into as long as it's going to make things better and not hinder anything. And uh, Nadia Reich, a rebuttal? The adult care center um, under the county is, was not here to make money off of our residents. Um, it's not a money maker. Uh, it's been a money loser, but not as much as it is right now. The stars come into play when the Department of Health comes in to inspect. It was a five-star residence, now it's a one-star with a red hand, meaning no one should be coming into this place anymore. Um, this is a travesty. So I cannot just blame infinite care. It's the condition of the environment. Um, resources in employees is very, employees are very difficult to find, especially nursing. However, I would put out another RFP to find another management group Maybe they could do it better, or maybe the county should take it over and provide the services that it used to. We used to have very good directors, and I think we need to go back to that to provide the care necessary for these residents who cannot care for themselves. Well, and we move on to our next segment, which mm -hmm. again be yeah. begins with you. And I'll stay on a similar topic. Of course, we know the opioid uh, drug overdose crisis here in Sullivan County. It's definitely a priority. Uh, Sullivan Legislature recently agreed on distribution of opioid settlement funds. That again, after a few heated discussions on uh, on goals such as focusing on education and a younger population. So, my question to you is, what would your goals be on on funding of substance misuse programs here for Sullivan County? 
Well, it's not only opioid, it's the gateway drugs as well. Uh, right now we have a D.A.R.E. program that comes in. The sheriffs come in fifth grade, sixth grade. But just like with anything else, you can't just educate these students for that one moment in time. It has to be a continuum. So um, I would be investing in education where we would be tapping kindergarten students all the way up until the time that they graduate in telling them how bad addiction is, not only opioids, gateway drugs, but also alcohol, and trying to prevent them from getting hooked on this. So money uh, that we receive through the opioid settlement funds has to go to be invested into education. We did distribute 199000 to the sheriffs and 199000 to the DA's office for their use in opioid um, uh, you know, mitigation. But uh, the rest of the money we argued about because it was just sitting on somebody's desk to sign off. And again, the chair had a lot to do with this. So at the last meeting that I was not at because I was over in NYSAC in Albany, they did vote to dispense this money to the agencies that we received RFPs for. This money is vital. It has to go out into the community. We have to get more beds, especially treatment beds. We need to have a treatment facility dedicated to these types of addictions in Sullivan. We have a lot of opioid deaths in comparison to other counties. Um, also, besides the education, again, I've been soliciting uh, with the state elected officials into getting a better reimbursement rate for our bed usage. Uh, we're nowhere in comparison to Orange County or Ulster County, so this is something that we have to continue to fight for, and our legislative friends are not doing it. But this is going to be one of my priorities when re-elected. Joanne Jasper, okay. rebuttal? Uh, I think that the opioid problem is systemic of our poverty situation here, which only escalates it. And I think that we need to really think about investing into um, more of a rehab situation. Um, getting our youth focused, maybe if there's more youth groups, we need to keep our youth engaged, our young people uh, productive, whether it's through programs or more funding through the school districts or whatever we can do to keep them off the streets and away from the drug uh, situation. But I believe that um, Health and Human Services was given $1.2 million from, for opioids and 900000 of that is still not utilized by Health and Human Services. So. I mean, I'm just going by what I know. I'm not a legislator yet, but I think that we need to make sure and follow up on these funds and make sure they're being utilized in the proper manner. Well, and I'll give you an opportunity since uh, the next question is yours, Joanne, to, sure. to sort of expand on that um, in light of the county's substance misuse issues. Uh, what might you do differently? What are some specifics that you have in mind? Well, I think that, like I just said before, if we allocate these funds or we are given these funds, we need to follow through and not sit on them. And if you give them to Health and Human Services and it's a month goes by and like, what are you doing with it? I mean, we need to be there every day on their back. What's happening to these funds? What are you doing with it? Are you going to, do you have a, a plan to use it for rehab? Do you have a plan to use it for education? Do you have a plan to use it for, um, for our students? You know, how are we going to do this? And I mean, we can't just sit by and say, oh, well, we gave them the money or we allocated these funds, but now it's up to them. We have to, as legislators, make sure that there's some follow through on the appropriate manner of utilizing the, this money to make sure that we're helping rid this county of this horrible, horrible epidemic.
Nadia Reich. Yeah, this this epidemic is not only this county; it's it's throughout the state. It is throughout the nation. Unfortunately, it has to do with these cartels bringing in these drugs coming in from China. 1.2 million did not go to Health and Human Services. It went to the county. It is sitting um, in the county coffers. Uh, Again, we did give out 359,000 to Catholic Charities, 105,000 to Corona Self-Help Center in Jeffersonville, 75,000 to Bold Gold Media, 33,000 to Lamar Billboards, 26,000 to Liberty Police, 89,000 to Sullivan 180, 85,000 to Action Towards Independence. These are all of the agencies that submitted an RFP into helping us combat the opioid issue. So money did go out, but it went out very slowly because it was sitting on the desk of the chair or whoever that was not letting it go. So blaming human um, health and human services is, is not the answer. That's not where the money was. Well, Nadia, my next question is to you, and I'm going to widen it to just general public health here in the county. Legislators, and I believe you were at the meeting recently with Garnet Health. Yes. Uh, Catskills and, and Garnet Health. Uh, they, after several cutbacks, uh, have taken place in local cardiac care, pediatrics, and so on. Uh, were you comfortable after that meeting that they really are committed to health care here in Sullivan County? Uh, one of the things that I had uh, advocated for is not for them closing Garnet. We, could, we cannot be without um, a facility of that magnitude in this county. Uh, we do have Crystal Run. We have other doctor's offices, um, other services, but we need a hospital. A lot of our patients are outsourced. They're going to Orange. They're going to Westchester. They're going everywhere where these um, bigger services or specialized services are provided. Uh, they assured us that they will not be closing, that they're looking at building a new facility with um, somewhat of a service for our area. They are going to be doing surveys. One of the things I advocated for is behavioral health and um, treatment beds. We need to have them in our area. Because of the opioid crisis, we need to increase our beds, we need to increase the reimbursement on our beds, and we need to have providers that will help these people that have addictions. So was I comfortable when they finished? Yes, somewhat, but I'm still going to be on their tail to make sure that they're doing what they said that they were going to do. And Joanne, you have a, a one minute rebuttal. Speak about public health and you know the condition of the healthcare system here in Sullivan County. Okay, well. What are your feelings? Well, I worked at public health for seven years and um, I saw a, a situation where the people in charge we were not we were not retaining any of our nurses okay there was a high turnover of employees and um, I think that that had to be looked into I went to a legislator several times who was on the committee for health and human human services and I presented several problems to that legislator none of which were 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 addressed finally the person that was causing a lot of it was removed and I think that did help the public health situation here I'm talking about the public health offices uh, as far as the hospital goes um, last night I lost a loved one and I had to go to through the hospital situation and it is a nightmare here and we really have to focus on maintaining good health care and keeping our hospital um, up to par as, as much as we can as legislators. Well very good and uh, Joanne you get the, the next uh, question and let's move on to housing because housing affordable housing 
is certainly top of mind for many here in Sullivan yes, County. Is. And the, the question is, you know, how do you encourage, what would you do? How do you encourage more residential housing construction to happen here in Sullivan County? Okay. Um, all right. So as I said before, I do work in an office where I handle a lot of deeds and mortgages all day. And since COVID, the price of housing has skyrocketed. I mean, houses that would have been, you know, $100,000 are now three fifty. Um, you know, it's, it's just been crazy. And there is a shortage of single family homes. Mm -hmm. I think we also have a problem with uh, rentals. There's not enough uh, apartments or uh, rentals for like a single mom, her family, um, people that may not be in the market to get a larger home on a larger piece of property. But you also have to be cognizant of high density, low income housing. I mean, that has to be in the appropriate area in the appropriate, and handled in the appropriate way. I mean, the towns have their own zoning, so that's going to be up to the towns as to how that is managed. But there is definitely a, a housing crisis, and I will do my best to search and, and get as much information as I can going forward to uh, see what can be done on the legislative level. And Nadia, your, your rebuttal on the housing issue? We do have a housing crisis, that is for sure. Uh, and it had um, arose from uh, the um, pandemic when people from the city were coming up here, people with means purchasing um, cabins, cottages for an extreme amount of money and flipping them to becoming short-term rentals. I have nothing against short-term rentals, but it's taken our housing off the inventory. So our youth that want to stay in the county or anybody coming up here wanting to uh, find a job and work here do not have any housing um, affordability. Uh, not only affordability, but uh, inventory. So that is, we are in a crisis. Speaking to the uh, county exec over in Westchester, one of the programs that they have is if there's vacant land, the county picks it up seeks developers and they build housing on that. So there are ways that we can interact with other counties to see what their ideas are and we can bring those ideas here. But with the current legislator, because we're constantly fighting, we don't have that ability. Well, and Nadia, you get the next question. Mm -hmm. I, I'll let you uh, sort of expand on that because as you mentioned, short-term rentals, short-term rentals have been a good stream of income for the sure. county, yeah. of course, and, and that has increased since the COVID pandemic. But beyond, you know, just registering and collecting bed taxes now, is there, do you feel there is a way to encourage a percentage of residential housing to be built in uh, and certainly made available for people who live and work in Sullivan County, specifically in some of those regions, thinking western part of the county, where there is an abundance of short-term rentals? There is an abundance of short-term rentals. Um, again, uh, there we do have zoning um, issues within the smaller towns. Uh, they're not really so forthcoming or they don't encourage all of this development. Most of this development with housing does occur on the eastern end, in Liberty, in Fallsburg, in Thompson. Um, that is where the housing should be because of the availability of businesses and shops we really don't have that on the western end. So that's where I would be encouraging it, where there is the high density of population and the transportation. So we could have these smaller townhouse developments encouraged and built out so we could have people um, and provide them with the housing that is necessary. Uh, on the western end, there's typically sing single homes and the majority of them are short-term rentals. 
and the inventory has been taken off the market. So anybody looking for a place to stay on the western end is not going to have an easy time finding it there. But certainly in the big cities or big towns, they will. And that's where I would encourage development. Joanna Dashford, your rebuttal? Oh, I think it's the housing situation is... Uh, is a problem. But once again, we have to be cognizant in the western part of the county. Um, we have to, they want to preserve their natural beauty. People go there, they pay the higher prices because of the large pieces of property. In the, in the other sections, I mean, once it, it's really basically up to the towns because of the zoning. I mean, I would be willing to work with each town to try to formulate a plan that would help with the uh, increase the housing or however it can be done, whether it is townhomes, whether it is uh, rentals or apartment buildings, whatever it is, but that is up to each individual town as per their zoning. Well, Joanne, you hit the next question and I'm going to uh, move on to public safety. Uh, and in particular, this, this pertains to something both of you have mentioned, the mental health crisis and all. Uh, some have suggested that Professionals in mental health and substance misuse accompany law enforcement as a way to disarm potential crises in, in certain situations. Would you support such an effort and, as a member of the legislature, uh, assist in funding such efforts? Whatever it takes, I would support uh, our law enforcement 100%. And like I said before, I think the opioid crisis ties into so many other factors. And because it is such an issue, we do need to increase our funding to our, uh, all our police departments, whether it's our sheriff, our, our towns, or whatever. We need to try to help them in any way we can. Also, the mental health crisis. I don't think we really have uh, a system in place that, that is going to help uh, the issues that we have with mental health. I think we have to really look into expanding something on that issue as this crisis um, whether uh, with the opioids flooding in through the border, through the Democrat policies, I think that we really need to address um, the safety issue here. Whatever it takes, I will work together with the other, other legislators to formulate a plan. Nadia, your uh, response or rebuttal? Could you say that question again, please? Oh, it was uh, uh, talking about professionals mental health professionals, substance use professionals, Working accompanying along with law, law enforcement, enforcement yeah. in critical situations, mm -hmm. like to diffuse situations. Um, they do have that service in, in other cities, and I think that uh, it would work very well up here, um, especially with our EMS coming to um, uh, some of the scenes. Uh, law enforcement should be there. There should be some professionals that know how to deal uh, with these people in crisis so that um, they can actually talk them off the ledge sometimes, especially after Narcanning them. Uh, but yes, I would invest our money into doing this because our opioid situation here uh, is in critical mode. I believe that uh, um, Albie, one of the coroners, had said that in the month of August, we lost eight people to opioid overdoses. So whatever we can do to prevent these types of uh, deaths is something that we have to invest in and be very serious about. Very good, and uh, we move on to another question. Okay. And um, let me talk about being a current legislator, of course. Uh, over the past four years, uh, I don't think it's any secret that legislative meetings at times have been rather tumultuous. Uh, there have been meetings where fellow legislators promised to do better, 
but heated discussions continue. Is there a way to better communicate amongst the legislators? And can there be a more harmonious legislative process? Look, I, I have been uh, on the town council for eight years, um, working with Republicans and Democrats. I was a Democratic supervisor in the town of Lumberland with a Republican board. The first um, legislative group that we had, Louie was a Republican, I was a Democrat, his vice chair. We all worked together. We need to leave politics at the door. Politics don't belong, or our parties don't belong at a legislative meeting. However, if somebody comes in and acts like a um, county executive as opposed to a chair of the legislators, this is not going to work. This chair was elected by the people in his district, not by the county. And having four of his cronies, excuse my expression, but cronies, constantly back him and disregard the other four legislators is not how business is done. We have been disregarded. Our opinions don't matter. Nothing has happened over the four years except for what they wanted. And we've been spinning our wheels. That's why we've had tumultuous meetings. Okay? As we know, this person was found guilty in, in his actions against claiming that another legislator used a word that he never did. So this is something that a, a jury of, of his peers found him to be guilty and no one seems to be taking any action. His cronies are still supporting him. We'll see what happens. But in order to not have a tumultuous meeting, we all need to have respect for one another we have to have integrity, be honest, and be transparent. We cannot have backroom deals and do politics behind closed doors. That does not work with me or any of my compadres. Thank you. And Joanne, uh, rebuttal. I, I realize you're not a sitting legislator, but no, I guess but the question I, I am a county employee. I am a county yes. employee, and I do live here in the county. And watching uh, some of the uh, video of the meetings is embarrassing to say the least. I think that we all have to learn to uh, work together. I mean, if we have differences, I don't think that, I think that we can settle them in a more civil manner and constantly dividing the legislator by party is not beneficial to anyone. We need to work together. I mean, I, I think that this going back and forth and, and always calling out somebody else instead of being responsible for your actions, is not getting us anywhere. We need to work together and maintain a decorum for the public and be, be responsible to them for, our, you know, for how we act and how we present ourselves at these meetings because this constant bickering gets nothing done. All right, and we're going to wrap up here. Uh, next question, and I'm, I'm going to give a more broad that is especially I think is pertinent with a lot of this discussion we've been having here now, uh, last couple of questions. The Charter Review Commission had recommended uh, staggered legislative terms and an elected county executive specifically, uh, an elected county executive form of government. Many current legislators have said they supported a referendum to let the voters of Sullivan County decide on the county executive issue. So if elected, do you support bringing the issue to Sullivan County voters? I think that'd be, uh, I think that's a great idea. I watch Steve Newhouse a lot, the county executive from Orange County. I think he's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, I would definitely put it up to a vote. I mean, they sh everybody should have a say in what they, how they want to be governed. And if they feel that that's the right way, then I would support it 100%.
And Nadia, your rebuttal on, on the yeah. same question? Um, it was uh, the recommendation of the past Charter Review Committee. I was on there briefly while I was running for legislator. Uh, staggered terms, definitely we cannot have all nine legislators um, be voted out or in uh, and have all new um, uh, newbies really coming on. County exec will give us a, a better status in uh, the state um, and with other counties. When I go to NISAC meetings, County executives are, uh, have higher status than just uh, a chair or a manager. So I will definitely bring this up, and I've been advocating for this, to bring this up to referendum for the public to decide, not just for staggered terms, but for county exec. We do get more respect from the federal government and the state, and we would get more money uh, in grants. So this is something that we re really have to seriously look at in the future. And now... I have to offer both of you the opportunity <laughs> to for your closing statements. And so, uh, Joanne Jasper. Okay. Two-minute closing you threw statement. threw me off. <laughs> well, I would like, I had a look of panic in my eyes. I'm like, no. <laughs> I would like to thank you all for hosting. Thank Nadia for being here. And um, I think if we've learned anything from observing government over the years, it's that it's only effective when elected officials work together to analyze problems and affect solutions. It works best when the interconnectedness of problems is understood. Most problems don't stand alone. They are linked to other problems and can't be solved piecemeal. Solutions need to be holistic to be effective. I will be a legislator who won't obstruct, but will work together. I will, in all aspects of government, to analyze and understand and solve the problems we face. If I'm elected, I will keep my promise to be one of us for all of us, and I won't forget that, again, that if elected, I will do the best for my constituents. Again, thank you for this opportunity to introduce myself and present my ideas. Thank you. Nadia Reich, your uh, two-minute closing statement. Thank you again for allowing us to do this, to um, show ourselves and, and have people hear us. I do agree with Joanne that we do need to work together. That's the only way we're going, going to get things done for all of the residents um, of Sullivan County. I support our Visitors Association, Sullivan County Chamber Partnership, and all the agencies that promote the economic well-being of our county. I'm a strong supporter of law enforcement in our county. We must properly fund the DA's office so we can properly protect the safety and well-being of Sullivan County residents. We must revive the Council of Governments, legislative meetings with town supervisors, as well as village may mayors, so that we can hear them as well and work collaboratively with them. I also support our, all of our dedicated and hardworking employees who I believe do not get enough recognition for all that they do for our residents. When re-elected, I will continue to advocate for better salaries and benefits. Finally, we must get the adult care center back in our hands so that we can provide the proper care to our Sullivan County residents at their time of need. Over the past four years, the care center again has gone from a five-star to a one-star. I have the experience to work with everyone regardless of party affiliation. People need to be treated with respect and dignity. We must conduct ourselves with integrity and honesty. Politics must be left at the door and not be conducted behind closed doors. We all have one mission, and that mission is to improve the quality of life for all of our residents in Sullivan County. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you to both our candidates, Nadia Reich, Joanne Jasper. Thank you for being here. That's going to wrap up our decision 2023. 
Thanks for being a part of Decision 2023 for Sullivan County Legislature. A big thank you to our hosts, the Black Library in Monticello. I'm Mike Sakel, News Director for Catskills News. I'd also like to thank our news partner, Mid-Hudson News, and, of course, our candidates. Laborers Local 17 is a proud sponsor of Decision 2023. Visit liuna17.com to start on your career path today. You can listen to and watch these Decision 2023 debates on a number of platforms, including Catskills News Talk 92.5 and 94.9, along with 1240 AM, plus Mid-Hudson News YouTube channel and the Catskills News Podcast. Thank you for being a part of Decision 2023.